Hi, David Thexton here from ConsultX, and welcome to podcast number nine of Everything Business Consulting, our weekly podcast. This weekly podcast is for those of you who are already a business consultant who want to improve their skills, are a sole accountant, or you own an accounting firm and want to introduce consulting services to your firm, are an ex-corporate who wants to get out of the rat race and become a self-employed business consultant, or you've owned a business and now you want to use the skills you've learned to help others in business. ConsultX is an online cloud-based consulting system that is everything you require to become a successful business consultant. If you want to find out more, the website details are at the end of this podcast. Today I'm going to read you a story called Isaac the Accountant. It's a few years old, about four years old, uh, and um, it's very relevant to what we do at ConsultX and how we help you become the ultimate business consultant. Isaac the Accountant. It's a short story about a guy who had spent a lot of his time helping friends and family to improve their businesses and who finally followed his dream and became the ultimate business consultant. By becoming a business success partner, um, we used to call them master franchisees, with Thexton Armstrong, and that was our name before we became a consultex and changed into an online subscription. Isaac had a normal education, leaving high school and going on to university or college to study accounting where he graduated with honours. He got a job with a medium-sized accounting practice and started at almost the bottom, working on the accounts of small businesses in the local area. These businesses were mostly between one to five million in revenue, and he managed a lot of clients. He got his work done on time, and he gained the support of the senior partners of the firm, who quickly moved him onto larger clients, where he had two junior accountants working under him. Isaac soon realised that an accounting firm was a production line where success and failure was determined by how many annual returns could be completed in the shortest possible time, at the lowest cost and with the lowest inquiry from the tax department. He also realised that every year some clients went broke and new ones came into the practice. This churning of clients concerned him greatly as he believed that if he had more time he could help them to build a better business. He could see why the businesses went broke. Isaac approached the senior partner of the firm and asked him why the firm did not offer consulting services to the client base, because many of the business failures could be prevented. The partner said that we don't do that kind of work, we're just interested in processing the annual figures and getting them filed on time to the tax office. He also said that a few years ago they offered a range of business support packages to their clients, but they showed no interest at all. The partner strongly suggested that Isaac stick to what they do best and forget that crazy notion of offering consulting services. The question of why it is all right to let business owners go broke burned inside him, and it would be many years before he understood the answer and did something about it. Over the next few years, it seemed that he'd become stuck in the position of senior accountant in the firm, and by now he had seven junior accountants working under him. He decided to do some internal research and calculated, over the eight years that he'd been with the firm, what the client turnover rate was. He was appalled. He discovered that each year, around 12% of the firm's clients went out of business, and they were replaced by the equal amount of new clients. 
and some of those years more clients came on board than went broke. But the overall statistic was that over seven years or so, there was about an 80% turnover of clients in the firm. Isaac was astounded that the number was so high. Does anybody else know this? He thought. Who is measuring these stats nationally? So he contacted the Department of Trade and Industry and they put him onto the right department to get these statistics he required. He was told that for every 100 new businesses registered, around 60% never made it to their fifth birthday. And of the 40% that survived their fifth birthday, 20% went out of business over the next five years. So in short, 80% of new business startups go out of business in their first 10 years, an 80% failure rate. And yet, there were so many eager people happy to step up and start new businesses. What's going on here? Why is this level of failure just accepted and nobody seems to be interested in doing anything about it? Isaac went to visit the senior partner again and put the stats in front of him. He was not surprised and told Isaac that this has been going on for as long as he'd been in the profession, which was over 35 years. It's just the way it is. We live in a free enterprise society, so anybody can start a business if they want to. They just have to fill in a few forms, pay a couple hundred bucks, and voila, they're in business. The gravity of this problem was starting to concern Isaac greatly. He felt a sham being an accountant and started to feel that he or the profession was a part of the problem. He felt that accounting firms were in the ideal position to help clients to build better businesses, but they did not do much to achieve that objective. He also recalled many, many clients who over the years had pleaded to him for help to improve their business, but he had nothing to offer. And he did feel that the firm he worked for was kind of like a servant of the tax department um, and run like a sausage factory. All they seemed to care about was charging out maximum hours and paying the least they could for the labour they hired from the local university to do the grunt work. The next week was the annual Accountant Society Conference, so Isaac decided to talk to as many accountants as he could to delve deeper into this problem. At the conference, he noticed that all the presentations were about maximising the output of accounting firms by lowering the cost of employees and increasing clients' fees. Nothing at all about assisting clients to improve their businesses. He talked to many accountants, and his suspicions were confirmed that all accounting firms were the same, with a few possible exceptions who put business consulting on their business cards. But that was about as far as the consulting went. Isaac was again horrified. It was as if he'd discovered some horrible secret that no one wanted to talk about and no one wanted to do anything about it as well. So if this is how it works, or not works, he thought, good people are allowed to, by law, to form a company for a couple hundred bucks, helped by accountants, with no testing done on their skills or capability of how to run a business. Furthermore, they're not required to undertake any form of training at all, ever, and are allowed to employ people, collect and pay tax, and to trade in goods and services anywhere and anytime they wish. This is insane, Isaac thought to himself. This is a system that is destined to fail for the vast majority of people who go into business. They have no chance. He then thought of what was required to get a driver's license, or a light aircraft license, or a financial planner's license. This is insane, he thought. 
Am I the only person who thinks like this, he thought. So he decided to talk to the senior partner again, and he put his theory of the evolution of business to the partner, who responded, Isaac, we have no control over internal government regulations and the requirements of new business owners who want to start their own business. Our job is to produce, as best as we can, financial accounts that we file with the tax department on time and as accurately as we can. Although we may be tempted to go beyond that objective, I strongly counsel you to keep focused on what we do to make money for this firm and stay clear of all that consulting mumbo-jumbo. Isaac attempted to argue the point and to illustrate that this area of helping business owners could represent a new income stream for the firm, but he was quickly shut up and found himself out in the corridor. The realisation that the system was wrong was never far from Isaac's thinking, so it was incredible that he managed to soldier on in the sausage factory, sorry, accountancy firm, for another four years. He became very sensitive to the plight of the clients he had in his portfolio, and he took every opportunity to question them on the state of their personal and business lives, without being too obvious, and he made some interesting discoveries. Business owners were nothing more than technicians or tradesmen, who decided to go out on their own to try to do better than they were doing on salary or wages. They were good at what they did from a product or services perspective, but have very limited ideas or knowledge on how to run a business. When the time came to present their annual accounts to them, Isaac took the opportunity to quiz them on their understanding of a profit and loss report or a balance sheet. He was not surprised and it was how he suspected that they have very little understanding of what the numbers meant. And they admitted to him that once they'd signed them, they just threw them in the bottom drawer and never looked at them again. Isaac came to the conclusion that due to the lack of planning and measurement of the owner's business, their businesses were really out of control and continued to exist based on luck and that they were actually drifting from crisis to crisis until too many of them hit all those crises at the same time and they collapsed. So most of the business community was really based on a whole lot of random government licensed entities with no planning, no measurement, no direction, no goals and no idea of what they're actually doing. A bloody disaster waiting to happen. He recalled a MIOB, that's Mind Your Own Business, survey done a year before that asked 8,000 business owners how they managed their business and over 90% said that they managed their business from how much money they had in their bank account. Isaac was a good worker for the accounting firm and continued to do a good job, but he felt at his core that accounting was not his ultimate destiny and that he wanted to help business owners to build a better business that grew in value over the years. So at the time they wished to be sold and retired, the business... Isaac was a good worker for the accounting firm and continued to do a good job, but he felt at his core that accounting was not his ultimate destiny and that he wanted to help business owners to build better businesses that grew in value over the years so that, at a time they wished, could be sold and retired on. He realised that there was a huge untapped market and nobody was aware of it. Once Isaac had the, this idea in his head, he found that he became very interested in looking for opportunities to follow his dreams and started looking in all manner of places where business opportunities were advertised. A few weeks later, he came across an advertisement for a company called Thexton Armstrong, who were advertising business consulting franchises. He went to the website, read it, 
sounded like he'd written it for himself, and he filled in the form for more information. The next day, T.A., Thexton Armstrong, sent him an informative email with a number of files to download from a site called You Send It. It took him three days to look through all the information, and he found himself becoming even more interested, if that were possible. Note, from here on describes the original franchise system. TA, Thexton Armstrong, is now Consult X, which is a cloud-based subscription service. All of the training is on the Consult X website, along with the tools and resources. We've left this section in as it makes interesting reading. MF means master franchisee. All the information that you require for the new system is on www.consultx.com and is contained in a short and long video. We'll continue with our story. A few days later, he got a call from David Thexton, who was calling to check if Isaac wanted any more information or if he had any questions. Isaac asked a few questions, and David answered them to his satisfaction. David then suggested that he might like to fill out the application form so that he could find out some more detailed information on Isaac's background. He thought this was a good idea, and agreed to fill it out and send it in the next few days. Over the next few days, Isaac's feelings went all over the place, swinging from, can I do this? to, of course I can, and also wondering how quickly he could sign some clients to cover living expenses. About a week later, David called Isaac and was pleased to inform him that his background was suitable for becoming a TA master franchisee. Isaac was pleased and worried at the same time. He asked David some more questions, mainly about how long it would take him to sign clients. David's answer was, Isaac, everyone's different. Some sign up clients the week after training, and some take a few months or even a longer time. Why is that different, he asked. David said there are a few reasons we've discovered, so David summarised the reasons. Well, some master franchisees have a lot of money and are semi-retired and do not have the passion or the need or the motivation to put in the effort required to make a success of this business. A few months with no income is not a problem for them, so they um, soldier on and they eventually get clients. And they're probably only working a couple of days a week, if that. Some master franchisees attend the training, but they think they know better. And they make changes to the system or leave things out from what they've been taught. Some master franchisees forget the training and they never review it again. Some master franchisees have a major distraction in another business that draws them away from their consulting business. Our recommendation is that people focus 100% on this. Some master franchisees that come from the corporate world and are used to having a manager tell them what to do. When faced with a new career where they have to motivate themselves, they freeze and panic and get nowhere. And some master franchisees just do not put in enough activity and combine with some of the above situations we've already mentioned to achieve a low conversion rate. So that's some of the reasons why they, why they don't succeed, but thankfully it's only a small number. The new Consultex cloud-based system, uh, because all of the training is all recorded in videos, um, people are able to go back and review the training any time they like. Uh, which is proving to be a really good system, or a better system than the old system. David then said, Isaac, if you can be a good student and learn everything we train you and follow it verbatim, then you'll have no problem signing clients with your background. Do you think you can follow instructions to the letter? 
Isaac said, yes, I can. I'll be your best student. Great, said David. The next step is for you to talk to some of our master franchisees and they'll tell you all the ups and downs of this business. It's important that you know what you're in for. I'll send you a list and call you back in a few days. In the interim, please make a list of any more questions you may have. So Isaac called around half the list and found that everybody told him the system in the training was excellent. But he'd have to work hard and follow the system to make it work. They also said that it got easier as time went on um, and once you got used to the system. Isaac was not scared of hard work and decided that if he was working for himself, he would work even harder as he had to replace his current income quite quickly. On his next discussion with David, he asked to know more about the process of building a consulting firm. And David's answer was, well, ultimately, medium term, Thexton Armstrong is all about building consulting firms so that we can reach, reach the whole of Australia and New Zealand. Um, there's approximately 1.2 million employing businesses in that territory. The first stage is to prove to yourself and Thexton Armstrong that you've grasped the system and can acquire clients and retain them reliably and then apply to TA to put you into firm training so you can now understand how we run firms and recruit franchisee consultants. Let's not get too bogged down in detail on this subject now except to say that the ultimate objective of most people in our network is to build a firm with around nine franchisee consultants and a hundred clients. This will give you an income approaching a million dollars and it should take around two to three years to achieve this. Note. The Consultics program can be utilised by a sole consultant or it can be installed into an accounting firm who will already have many clients. The program is also designed for ex-corporates and for people who have been business owners and have sold their business and want to help other business owners. Isaac then asked what the next stage was. David said that he needed to fill in a franchise order form so that the Thixon Armstrong lawyer can draw up the franchise documents for him. This will take around three and four days and once you have the documents in place, please decide whether you are comfortable reviewing yourself or you may need to get your lawyer to help you. David said it was about 50% sent it to their lawyers and the other 50% did it themselves. Isaac said he'd have the documents back to David within the day. Once David got the franchise order form from Isaac, he added the territory map and then sent it on to the lawyer to work on. Very quickly documents came to Isaac um, and he decided he didn't need a lawyer as he was quite familiar with this kind of agreement. The training was three weeks away. Uh, this was face-to-face -face training in those days. It's now video training. Three weeks away, so Isaac wasted no time in reviewing the documents and signing them with no changes as he was very happy. Isaac then paid the franchise fee into the TA bank account and was ready to go. Um, just another note here, the consulting system is not a franchise system and people pay a monthly subscription to be part of the, to part of the international network and have access to all of the training tools and resources. Isaac left the accounting firm. Isaac asked David what he could do to maximise the three weeks before he had training and David responded by sending in some information which we summarise below. David suggested that he organise a meeting with some of the other master franchisees in the territory and decide between you who's going to concentrate on, on what area. Uh, we don't have an area system anymore. Um, it, it proved to be um, just unworkable and it, uh, 
and that people never came across any other any other of our consultants anyway so so and under the new consultic system you're free to go anywhere Organise a professional services group, which is a group of around eight to ten professionals in your territory or near where you are, and arrange the first meeting uh, to be after training. Um, a PSG group, professional services group, is people like an accountant, a lawyer, a um, an HR specialist, an IT guru, a website specialist, etc. People who can give you referrals, and you can give them referrals. Make a list of people you know and organise meetings with them to tell them what you are doing and ask them for referrals of people they know who may need your services. Listen to your local radio stations, um, look at the local newspapers and look at billboards and make a note of advertisers who are nearby to where you live. The thing is, if they're advertising, they're wanting new business and they want their existing business to grow. Be hyper aware of what is going on around you. Note down billboards, trucks, vans, cars. They're all in business and they'll want to improve their profits and to grow their business. Drive around your area or near to where you live um, and make up a lead list and get a feeling for the territory and what businesses are in it. Note in the situation of a sole accountant or an accounting firm, you would already have many clients that would form the basis of your new business. Also today, the whole system is self-managed through the website and is not as complicated as the franchise system was previously. David also commented that in the first few months, you will expect to be very, very busy, probably planning to work around about 10 hours a day to get your prospecting program underway and your funnel full of prospects. Remember you're starting a new profession and you need to get your name out there quickly and in front of a large number of business owners. He also pointed out that it's this initial activity which has a lot to do with the speed that new master franchisees get up and running with clients. Fail to do this and the process just takes longer. Most master franchisees need to get income replaced quickly, so it's vitally important that around four clients are required in the first two months. As this income replacement requirement is so important, one would expect that the new master franchisee would pull out all the stops and do anything and everything required to acquire clients. As this would not only bring the income required, but also give lots of practice in the systems and process of acquiring clients. But some do not do this and they pay the price with a low client result. Isaac thought over what David had said and thought that it all made good sense to him and decided that he would follow the advice to the letter. So in the three weeks before training, he carried out all the activities suggested. He actually found it remarkably easy to do and he discovered that by the time he got to training, he had a really good appreciation of what the SME small to medium enterprise market looked like and even understood some of the problems they faced after having many conversations with colleagues when he explained to them what he now did as his new profession. Isaac arrived at the training feeling like a coiled spring and couldn't wait for it to start. He now knew for sure that this new profession is what he had wanted for a very long time and he was prepared to be a very good student and get the most he could out of the training. The training went for seven days and Isaac felt that he emerged from the training a different person, a better person, and he certainly felt that he was ready now to talk to prospects and he felt that he was armed 
to turn any prospect <coughs> excuse me, into a client if he wanted them as a client. In the briefest summary, this is what he had learned over the seven-day workshop. Just a quick note before we have a look at that. Training used to be in a group seminar style, and today the training has been recorded into videos and can be completed under 25 hours. This also means that it can be reviewed whenever required, which we couldn't do before. We encourage this ongoing training method. Some people do the whole training in a week and some spread it out over a few weeks as they might be doing some form of a transitional, um, transitional movement to get into uh, consulting. Right, back to those points. <clears throat> Every business owner was experiencing some or multiple forms of stress. Um, we call them sometimes pain points or challenges due to the fact that they had never been trained in how to run a business. And as such, they were technicians running a business with a complete lack of business skills. They were generally good at their trade, but woefully inadequate in being able to run their business once it had grown beyond a one-man operation. Most business owners were in denial or were delusional, believing that they knew what they were doing, but in fact the opposite was true. They were running a business that was out of control. In other words, they did not run the business at all, it ran them. In fact, their business was like a cork in the ocean being pushed around by the tide and the wind. Some owners think they are doing well, but they are blinded by the fact that they have no form of measurement but rely on whether they have some money in their bank or not. Most business owners blame other factors if their business is not performing well, when in fact, in the majority of cases, they are the reason the business is not performing. Success or failure in their business was really a matter of chance, determined by outside influences like competition, the economy, government regulations, technology, etc. They seem to exist purely by chance and not by anything that they had done specifically themselves. 60% of new businesses that started up were out of business within five years, and of the re remaining 40%, another 20%, was gone in the next five years. That's an 80% failure rate over 10 years. In order to have an honest discussion with a business owner, Isaac would have to learn how to run a discovery meeting designed to discover the truth of what is actually going on in the personal and business life of the owner. Once the truth had been established and the challenges agreed upon, only then could a trusting relationship start to be formed and the next stage of the client acquisition process undertaken. The discovery meeting was designed to get to the truth and to eliminate as much of, as possible the denial and delusional beliefs of the owner. This meeting is the most important meeting in the acquisition process. Done incorrectly and the whole process stops done correctly and the owner realizes that you're a special person who can help him as he would have never had a conversation like this in his life with anybody. A discovery meeting well run gives you an automatic diagnostic meeting which is a second meeting and you will have well and truly established a demand for your services. It's, a most, it's most important to get an appointment for the diagnostic meeting. In fact everybody should be close to 100% on this and your conversion percentage is a good indication of how well you ran the discovery meeting. Note, today we actually set up the three meetings at the start of the discovery meeting so that it's not something that we ask for at the end of the discovery meeting, we already have it booked in our diaries. 
The diagnostic meeting will discover two things. The processes and systems that are missing from the prospect's business. And it will also calculate the value of profit leaking from the business by using the financial basics entered into the program and matching each of the, the, uh, the charts, which um, is what the owner does, which indicates a theoretical amount of profit being lost by the owner, or profit leaking as we call it. The result is generated from selections made by the owner and is surprisingly accurate. The owner always believes the results because it was them who provided the rankings for each area of their business. The profit, profit leakage will always be substantially more, way more, than the monthly annual fees that are uh, usually in the range, this is your fees we're talking about, usually in the range of between 5 to 1 and 10 to 1 in some cases. This is the profit leakage versus your fees we're talking about. The diagnostic thus eliminates any argument or concern over the fees. It's not usually brought up because it's pretty obvious. Once a profit leakage has been established and the diagnostic discussed, it's time to close the consulting deal if the atmosphere um, feels right to do so. But, you know, what we do today is we encourage people to actually go on to the third meeting, which is the meeting where we prepare a proposal for them and then present the proposal to them. We find that a three-meeting close is far better because the relationship gets stronger. And I've got a note here which says that today we use a three-meeting close because through trial and error, we prove that we get a higher conversion rate through having a better relationship and not appearing to be desperate. Some on our network who follow the program to the letter have a very close to 100% sign-up rate. I'm going to say that again. This is really important. Some in our network who follow the program to the letter have a very close to 100% sign-up rate. During the training, a lot of time was spent on studying the personal changes required to become the ultimate consultant. This is of vital importance because prospects can see right through you if you are merely acting the part. You must be genuine and honest in your manner if you want to gain trust from the prospect and you must really want to help them because it's really a profession of helping them first before you get the rewards. The prospect needs to want to work with you and believe that you will make a major positive difference in his personal and business life. If you cannot sign him after three meetings, then you have not established this kind of relationship. And remember, you are his business success partner. Business, because you're in business. Everybody's after success, and you work with them like a partner. So you work with them over the long term like a partner. But the really good thing is about our system, we strongly encourage this, is the client retains all his shares. There's some horror stories out there in the consulting world of where consultants have taken shares in a, uh, in a, in a, in a client's company and it's just become tears for everybody. Time in the training was also spent on realigning our thinking, which prior to training was all about us when it should be all about them. They can pick up on this and they can tell when we're not 100% concerned about them and they will respond accordingly. If we forget about ourselves and only think about them, um, we'll quickly achieve breakthroughs on signing clients. In training, some time was spent on explaining the value of each kind of prospect and suggesting that each person concentrate on the prospects with the highest likelihood of becoming a client. And there's a brief outline here, and which is in the printed, um, the printed story, but 
just I'll quickly go through it. The most um, um, valuable prospects to, to us or you are client referrals. Um, in other words, the client is so impressed by your performance as his consultant that he volunteers to ring a prospect and he makes the appointment for you. Quite often the prospect could be a supplier or a major client of his and as such he has a vested interest in seeing the prospect do well. The next one down is a client referral where you ask a client to help you to talk people who may need help in their business. Uh, and typically this, the client will then open, have an open discussion on who he thinks you should talk to and quite often he'll let you use his name. Uh, we get permission first obviously. Professional services group we talked about where you formed a group of 10 plus members. Um, the sole reason for this group is to help each other get clients uh, and these PSG group members are also people who will supply services to your business clients. Each month you have a meeting, uh, exchange referrals, and you can use their name. You'll get more leads than you'll be able to handle. This will be your greatest source of clients if you do it correctly. People you know. Just visiting people you know in business and asking them to give you some leads or referrals will put you at the start of a huge, never-ending chain of prospects. It's just the simple act of saying, now you know what I do for business owners. Can you think of any people you know who may require my help. This will unleash more prospects than you could follow up. Networking groups is the next area where there are excellent opportunities to meet new people and identify potential prospects. When I was consulting, this was a gold mine for me, um, absolute gold mine. Um, I belonged to two groups, one had 35 members and one had about 135 members and um, all my clients came from those areas. It was like shooting fish in a barrel in a pleasant way. Isaac spent half of his three weeks before training setting up the professional services group and found it easy to find good businesses who like the concept and want to get involved. He got them to sign the application form and he organised the first meeting the week after primary trading training held at a local restaurant who was happy to do a deal for 10 breakfasts each month. He was astounded at the first meeting uh, as each member brought two referrals each giving him 20 referrals after the first meeting. Isaac was so busy it was all going very well for him. Note the integration of consulting into an accountancy firm is also an opportunity to approach new clients from a different angle. Start as consulting clients first, and then once the relationship is established, introduce accounting services. I personally believe that it is far easier to sell consulting services than accountancy services. Isaac was fully booked out for meetings after he added in his, his telemarketing appointments and the appointments that had been arranged by colleagues of his. Over the next two weeks, he averaged three appointments per day, of which around half turned into diagnostic meetings. He did feel that with more practice he could improve on this result. In week two and three he found that the discovery meetings and the diagnostic meetings were occurring in the same week. He had to be very careful that he protected his time wisely and that he took careful notes after each meeting so as not to lose the thread of each conversation. Note, today's notes are kept in the consulting system. Um, it has a CRM component to it. Also too, um, the, in the old system, as we mentioned before, 
um, the the meetings at the end of each of the three meetings three client acquisition meetings uh, we would ask for each meeting after the end of the meeting but we don't do that today we set up all three meetings at once and it just works fantastically he began to understand that the description of the average business owner as explained in training was entirely accurate and if he could run the discovery meeting well he could get the pain points and the challenges and he could use them effectively in the next meeting at the end of the second week, having completed a diagnostic meeting, he got a huge shock. The prospect said, when can we get started? Isaac was blown away. He never expected this. All he did was follow the system as taught, and the prospect closed on him. All it then took was to run through the agreement and to discuss the fee structure, which was agreed to $3,500 per month retainer for two months and then a percentage of revenue. Halfway through week three, at the end of a diagnostic, a similar thing happened, only this time he closed on the prospect and the prospect said yes. Same pat pattern happened again, uh, a discussion on the fee structure and the agreement was signed. Quick note, um, in the older system, we carried blank contracts in our bags. We don't do that anymore. We go and do a personalised um, a proposal agreement. Two clients in three weeks. Isaac was very pleased with himself. He thought it would take longer. He realized in reflection he had done a good job in both meetings and that he'd followed the system quite closely. He felt confident the process was a natural sales funnel designed to find the needs of the prospect and then to solve those needs by aligning his explanation of the BSP program to be the solution for the prospect's problems. In simple terms, define the problem and propose a solution in a convincing manner. Isaac was very proud to be heading back to next training with two clients. In the old system, um, the training was done over, over two weeks, um, seven days, and they came back and they did five days about, about a month later. We don't do that anymore. As we said, it's all done through the website. It was after four weeks that Isaac had a major BFO, a blinding flash of the obvious. He was not really a business consultant. He was a business success partner who worked over the long term with business owners to assist them to build a more profitable, growing, valuable business. And he was providing the skills, tools and resources that the owner did not have and never would. And this was the reason that he was able to attract clients. They realized that he was not just, just in it for the short term. He would be by their side for many years into the future. The typical business owner quite often does in fact look in many cases for somebody to help him uh, and also to bring in capital because he's lost it. But he only ends up bringing in another technician, giving the business two technicians, which is actually really worse when what he actually required was to bring in somebody with complementary skills in how to run a business. Now that Isaac had a grasp of the actual concept of what he was doing, there was no holding him back. He understood that his services were in huge demand, but he had to work hard in solving the puzzle of each business owner and finding those pain points. He now understood that if the first two meetings were run well, he could virtually sign up any prospect he wanted to. He did though quickly realise that the three meeting close was a lot more effective and gave him a stronger relationship with the prospect. 
Once he realised that the key to forging a relationship with the business owner was the establishment of a trusting personal relationship where the business owner was at the centre of the relationship, he felt that he'd made a major breakthrough. And he also understood why in training a lot of time was spent on studying the traits required to become the ultimate consultant. He now understood that the most important part of what he was doing was forming these personal relationships and that the business was merely a tool for the business owner to provide income and security for his family. He also was starting to understand that business owners become very stressed when their business was not going well because the lack of success, usually measured by money, creates an emotional response of feeling like a failure after trying so hard and investing so much money and time. The first four weeks after the training looked approximately like this. He'd done 20 discovery meetings, which had turned into 14 diagnostic meetings, which had turned into three clients. But he had five to seven clients who were pending prospects at the end of that. Now, I just want to go back and just look at that ratio, 20 discovery to 11 diagnostic to three clients. Under the Consultex system, the 20 discoveries goes to 20 diagnostics, which will probably end up being about five clients. Um, so, so it's really important that we do the three meeting process as opposed to uh, trying to close at the end of the second meeting, which was the old, old system. Isaac felt, Isaac felt that if he had his time again, he could have signed at least one of or two of the pending prospect clients uh, and he felt that he allowed himself to deviate away from the process by the prospect who drew him into a discussion about his credentials and what he had done in the past. And he realised afterwards um, what he'd done and he vowed not to be drawn in again and keep the discussions about the prospect and his business. He was confident that he could have another meeting with the pending prospects and he could sign up two of them, which would give him five. It's not about me, it's all about them was the, um, the thought that uh, dawned on him. Note, it is in fact proven in our network that the more meetings you have, the better you become at presenting these meetings. His PSG group was running well. He asked for referrals from everybody he met. He got them. He was getting one to two referral appointments per week from all of his prospecting activities. And to top it off, he felt that he had changed his thinking from initially believing that the need for his services would be low to now thinking and believing that almost everybody needs his services. He believed there was no such thing as a perfect business and he could deliver significant results to any business he worked with. Isaac could now see what was around him on a daily basis. Thousands of potential prospects. And he also realized what an opportunity it would be for him to build a consulting firm to reach these business owners. He figured that he only had to achieve six clients himself and then he could build a firm. Piece of cake, he thought. Isaac had become the ultimate business consultant and a business success partner. Note, as mentioned, the story is a few years old when we were a franchise, but the background to it is very relevant today. The consultants program can be used by a sole consultant or an accountant or an accounting firm. We started consulting in 2005 and in 2009 started a franchise. In late 2016, we decided to launch globally and we converted our master franchisees in Australia and New Zealand 
into Consultex subscribers. That's the end of the Isaac story. Consultex is an online cloud-based consulting system that has everything you require to become a successful business consultant. With over a decade of development, Consultex offers you a unique opportunity to enter the profession of business consulting with a complete system ready to run straight out of the box. In other words, once you sign up for the subscription service, you have access to everything you would require to become a business consultant. Consultex provides a comprehensive web-based training program where you work your way through the video training program at your pace, learning all the important information we've developed over the last decade. If you want to know more, go to www.consultex.com and do not forget to subscribe to this weekly podcast on iTunes. This podcast is called Everything Business Consulting. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week.